Imagine a world where men stepped up and answered God's call to reach their full potential. Imagine a world where men put their faith and trust in God unwaveringly and without qualification. Imagine a world where men lived out God's purpose for them in everything they do. It's not my credit to take explores the awe and wonder of how God shows up in the lives of strong, principled Christian men from all walks of life. Get ready to laugh, to cry, and to be transformed. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Slover, faithful husband, loving father, loyal friend, and unapologetically Christian. Welcome to the It's Not My Credit to Take podcast. Hey, Doug, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for taking time out of your day to have this conversation. My guest today is Doug Carpenter. Doug is the husband of my cousin on my mother's side and lives by the motto, let's make the second half of life better than the first. I just love that. Since 2019, he served as a facilities maintenance specialist for Christian Life Center in Dayton, Ohio. Prior to this work, Doug was a root sales representative for eight years at Aramark. In August 2022, this is so cool, he completed his educational journey having earned a college degree in business administration and management after a long hiatus from school. Doug describes this as one of the most rewarding things to complete, especially considering he was working full-time and had two small kids at home. It really is such an accomplishment that really can't be understated. And Doug's been married to his wife, my cousin Courtney, for 14 years, and they have two kids. Doug, once again, welcome to the It's Not My Credit to Take podcast. Well, it's nice to be here. It's nice to actually finally uh, meet you and talk to you. I have heard much about you over the years and oh God. Uh, <laughs> have gotten to uh, meet your uh, mother and sister and been around them uh, a little bit. So it's good to finally see you and meet you. Yeah, put a, put a, a face and a voice to the name. I I have no idea uh, how they would have you know, represented me. It's probably more accurate than I would have represented myself. <laughs> yeah. uh, don't don't all our loved ones do that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, talk about talk about grace and mercy. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up as the husband of my cousin Courtney. <laughs> well, uh, that was just by pure. Uh, uh, luck, so to speak. Uh, and she would love to be here. So I know, tell the story that, uh, we, uh, I had a friend, uh, beg me to go out because, uh, some people he worked with, um, were, were meeting up. Um, and so she was on the other side of that friend from up here. Um, and she went out, I begged and pleaded not to go. I had, uh, hurt my knee the week before my buddy was like, I'm not going alone. So, we're out. I'm not saying anything. I know Courtney has told the story a hundred times to her friends, but she always said uh, to her friend that was out, you can uh, have the tall one because he doesn't seem to have a personality. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are 17 years later. So <laughs> uh, that's that's funny. That, yeah. That's Courtney. But uh, that that's funny. So, I mean, you say you've been you know, 17 years later, but you've been married 14. And before we jumped on the recording, you said, but Courtney counts those other, other three years. She does. She does. She had a lot of work cut out for her and uh, she put a lot of work in. So she says she wants credit for those years. She wants them added to her uh, retirement plan. So, <laughs> but that, I mean, that runs counter to the, to the, the title of this podcast. So you're going to have to, I'm going to have to give her some swag. For those of you who aren't watching this on YouTube, I have, and it's not my credit to take t-shirt. 
that I that I had made. So, what? Take us back further. Did you grow up in a Christian household? Um, what I, was your early experiences? You know, coming to Christ. I did not uh, grow up in a Christian household uh, with a mother and father. Um, they they separated at a very young age. So, you know, most of the time I was with my mother, um, staying with her parents a lot of it, um, and they didn't were not church, so to speak. And then on the weekends, I'd go with my dad. Uh, but he had to work on Saturdays not to stay with his parents. His parents were longtime Christians within the church, did a lot of things. So there was a small input right there with them uh, having a church background going, being very f- faithful to their to their church. So I knew of it, but I was not involved with it at all. Um, with my my upbringing at all, so it kind of was uh, always something there in the back of your head. But I lived life through a young man, through the you know coming up in a in a separated household. Um, I would say when I was about fifteen or sixteen, I became a very angry young man. Uh, my parents had uh, uh, I've done a lot of thinking about this actually, and I, my parents had uh gotten new families my dad waited until he was uh uh i graduated and he uh married my mom had already remarried so i had a stepmom and stepdad but uh unfortunately the relationship wasn't as good as you'd like it to be on both sides uh i'm sure i was i will take a good bit of the responsibility i was difficult to deal with i was looking for uh uh um some some attention anywhere I could get it, I guess you would say. And, and, and you know what, uh, I was probably doing things I definitely shouldn't. It, it was a long time going on with that, that, uh, I probably, still to this day, I don't, uh, uh, go back to high school reunions cause I, I'm pretty ashamed of how I acted at that time and doing things. Yeah. So how, how were you able to end up reconciling the anger that you experienced having come from not only a, not only a broken home of your, your folks divorcing at such a young age, but then having to adapt to new family dynamics times two. How are you able to put that, put that anger down and be able to move forward with your life? Well, I don't even think I could, uh, until, maybe about in my thirties. Uh, when I first, uh, my, my mother and my, my stepfather, I have a couple of brothers now. Uh, when I was 16, uh, my mom become pregnant. And so I have, uh, brothers that are 16 years younger than I am. And, 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 uh, I think even obviously as, as a, a couple having a couple twin boys, they, they had a lot going on with them. And so, uh, I kind of went off the side and my father moved to the Westchester, which is about a half hour South of where I grew up. And, um, so I, I guess I really didn't. And I was pretty aggravated. I, I did all kinds of stuff and it took a while. Uh, your cousin and I, we got together and I remember there would be times where as a whole in life, you know, I told her, I was like, I don't know if there's God. It doesn't matter to me. I care less what happens. I'm just going to do what I need to do. And I was so aggravated at things. It took a long time, to be honest, uh, to get to a point where I was I was okay with things. 
Um, go ahead. Well, you, you mentioned <clears throat> you know, engaging in attention-seeking behavior mm -hmm. at, at, at a young age. And I, I, I can only imagine how difficult that was for you, especially when dealing with your, your mom and, and stepdad having twin babies and, and in addition to having, I'm sure, full-time jobs and all, all sorts of other obligations. And plus, your time was, was relatively split between your, your mom and dad. What type of attention-seeking behavior were you engaging in, and um, and what were some of the if some of the outcomes from that? Uh, <clears throat> about anything you could do that would be um, destructive, uh, rude towards someone, or or doing things um, that <laughs> was just over the top in any situation, um, just to gain, you know, I. I used to just do things that I, I, I do not even want to repeat, to be honest with you. But if you could just think of the most outlandish, worst things. And was at, at the time, I was pretty destructive to, towards myself. And uh, without having, uh, I didn't care whether I lived or died, to be honest. And so even sending my car after jumping it off a hill into a soybean field uh, because I was just doing anything I could to, I, I, to get attention, I guess. Yeah. So fast forward to meeting Courtney. Yeah. And, and what, what role did she play? Uh, you know, at, at, the early stages of your relationship and even, even to this day to help you with your faith walk and move beyond the, the perspective that you, you didn't know there was a God, but now you're a believer. What was that evolution like for you? Well, uh, when I first met her, you know, and, and kind of getting to know her family and, and coming into it, it was quite a different, uh, setting than what I was accustomed to. Um, even for something as much as uh, the holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, they're already a, uh, they have a nucleus family. There's mom and dad together and uh, brother and sister come about. And I can remember there was a, there was a holiday, Christmas, Thanksgiving, I can't remember. And I was, you know, there, uh, it was early on year one or two, year two. They're all sitting uh, over in their living room area looking at it photo album of something i i can't even remember what it was but i remember just like going through I'm like, is this what this is like you know i'm like looking over there like so i think it was uh like a, a little bit of jealousy actually when i first i was like man you know this this seems now you know they i was like wow so until you get to know them get in there and everything like that just from an outsider looking in i was just uh jealous and she um kind of had more of a stable background than I did. So I think that was a great start for me to kind of maybe slow down and take a look at things. Um, it also helped that uh, where we live in Troy is a half hour from where I was from. So it kind of removed me from all my friends, um, from the people I was hanging out with. So I didn't go back down there very often. So I was kind of up here in this new Airy, even though it was only a half hour away, I, I wasn't around the people. So I would go to work and come home and, and be with her and her family many times. I, I don't know how many countless nights we 
just hung out with her parents and was fantastic. So I believe that stabilizing factor kind of started maybe even this ball getting into an emotion uh, as becoming more of just a, a real well-rounded person. Um, so it was very, very influential for her being here and awesome meeting to uh, leading down this path. We uh, got together and then I think just as we were getting married, uh, my family and hers, we came together. We got married at a church here in Troy. And then it wasn't six months later, uh, the grandparents of the uh, Christian grandparents I spoke of, my father's side, uh, my grandfather was pronounced with a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. And so um, we were going through that. It was a very, very, very tough time for us. And the uh, we my cousin was getting married that night. Courtney was with me. We were at a, a, a wedding reception for him. And uh, we had gotten a phone call that he uh, seemed like he was going to pass that night. So we left there. Um, several other family members did as well. And we all convened at their house and was talking and waiting. And uh, it, it got late in the uh, early morning hours. And they sent my grandmother. They were 84 at the time uh, in age. And they sent her to bed. And we were waiting. And the nurse slash one of our cousins was there. It seemed he had taken his last breath. And, and so she went over with a stethoscope and she was checking his pulse and, and, and she just shook her head. And, and so we, we knew at the time. So they go wake my grandmother out of bed, bring her back to him. And uh, this took a few minutes. And so, like I said, we were all sitting there waiting. A lot of us crying. And she crawled into bed with him. I can't explain it, but he took the biggest gas breath you ever seen and lived for another 24 hours. You're kidding. No. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was it was what made me stop saying I don't care to, okay, there's something. What is it? I don't know. At the time, I didn't know at that time, but... That was probably what, that was what made me go, okay, what are we, what's going on? And so he, it was his, his final gift to me. That, that is, you know, one of the words I've been trying to delete from my vocabulary is unbelievable. And so I almost said it because anything related to, to the Lord is believable how long how long were were they married uh i want to say around 60 years uh he'd gotten out of the war world war ii uh and uh they met here in dayton uh so it was around 46 he died in 2010 uh so uh they got together both came out of kentucky in the in the 40s um they were both born 25 and 27, I think it was. And so they came out of Kentucky. He went to World War II, uh, freed Dachau um, with his armored tank division, came home. They they got married and, uh, you know, had my father and his brothers and sisters. So um, they joined a church for 55 years, I think they were, and they were heavily involved 
I mean, I can remember Tuesdays and Thursday nights and Sunday mornings. Um, they were that's where they'd be, no doubt about it. So it was his parting gift to me for sure. And I told my grandmother she just recently passed this past uh, fall, and uh, I told her if it wasn't for all the times you were praying, trust me, I would be dead. I would absolutely be dead. But she used to tell us all the time. She would say, you know, I'm praying for you boys because. When we go with them to church as a you know younger man, my uncles and my cousins and I, for Mother's Day, her birthday, his birthday, you know the special occasions that you, whether you believe or anything like that, you go for the for your for your grandparents. And it all, I remember the pastor always saying, you know, they're the carpenter boys, and so she she always knew we were there. She always said she did so. Um, between the two of them, and and that parting gift, I mean, it was the thing that got me you know, really just to the ball rolling. Finally, I stopped saying, I don't care. I wouldn't even said I would have been an atheist because atheist, at least you had to have some kind of ground to stand on that you didn't. I just didn't care. And he left a gift that has just flourished. Thank you. So during this time, you had a change of environment. Yeah. You were 30 minutes north of where you grew up and all of the external forces that were, were pressing on you that, if I internalized it correctly, were having a less than favorable uh, impression on you. Sure. You, yeah. you, you, meet, you meet Courtney, you see what it means to be or to have a solid family structure. Subsequently, your grandfather gives you this final gift. What was what was next for you? You started asking the questions like, okay, there's something here, and you started caring. What what was what were some of those next uh, next steps for you in coming to the Lord? Uh, I would say, you know, uh, thinking about coming to the Lord and getting to that point, Courtney and I, uh, that was in 2010. Uh, we we did start. Um, I just started thinking about things a lot more and coming up uh, with, you know, okay, you know, there's, there's something going on. And I, I used to just say, okay, there's something, I don't understand it. We would have discussions. Uh, you know, I, I was the first one to say, well, you know, uh, uh, if so-and-so was a good person, I mean, that just means, and, and, and she was actually m more versed than I was. And she goes, no, just not a good person can do it. You know, that just doesn't work that way. And I was like, well, you know, I get that there's something else. And, and so we, you know, having these discussions and, and, and going from there uh, really helped maybe the curiosity, try to understand. And, and I would say that we had these discussions and, and we started uh, going with uh, her father's parents to their church uh, in a little town in Covington, which is real tiny town <laughs> yeah it's uh there's probably 50 people in the church and the average age was 65 years old uh and, and then right. her, <laughs> and we would go sit with them every sunday at the little church there in covington and there was a uh, pastor there by the name of greg and he was fantastic he he really wasn't uh what i was used to at my grandparents church which was more fire and brimstone and it was more uh, a learning education for me that there's a, another way of doing this. My, my grandparents, bless them, but their pastor was very 
fire and brimstone hitting the 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 pulpit and and you know coming after you and so this was another way of seeing things it was it was really enjoyable i remember that was the first time we would leave on uh sunday mornings from there and it just felt like a refreshing feeling you know just maybe you i never even had before that we were just leaving i remember so relaxing sitting there with uh frank and joyce and and listening to the pastor talk and everything like that it's fantastic um though i think the next thing that got my brain even more wired was uh we were about to have our first child and and we're going there everything's going well and i can't explain it maybe it's pretty normal for parents but who we went to a special 4D place in Dayton to watch our our son's heartbeat on the, the monitor and all that. And something about that heartbeat all of a sudden made uh, the final floodgates just come open for me. It, it really was. <laughs> and and after then we had had our child, uh, we we began unfortunately wanting to look for a place to raise our child in, and there were no children at this church, lovely church, uh, but there were no children. And we knew if we need to even have a place with, uh, you know, like-minded people that wanted to have a Christian values to raise in their children. Um, and so we began our search, which was, uh, it took a few stops to really find where we were at. Um, I would say that was that, that final Harvey was, was what, uh, drew me in or, or opened the floodgates, I guess that, uh, uh, the, the Lord had been keeping me alive for some reason or another for a long time. And that, that he had finally won the battle at that point. So, uh, when did you ultimately get saved? Uh, in May of 2016. So Carter was born in 2015. Uh, we, uh, went to several churches. They were fine churches. Um, I remember we, uh, her, her, uh, librarian had been inviting us to uh, their church and it was a larger church and we come from 50 people uh you know most of them in their 60s sweet people and to go to a place that has you know on average on the weekends around 2000 that just seemed like a lot and so we uh <laughs> we hesitantly i that weekend i think it was easter weekend of 2016 uh went down on a saturday night service because it was a little smaller and um it was, we walked in, they were just very welcoming. I remember that's what we talked about the most is, you know, we went to a couple churches, we went in, came out, nobody even knew we were there. But yeah. this place stopped us. How you doing? What's your name? Can we do anything? You know, it was fantastic. And so we wanted to, you know, go back. Um, I don't think it was much longer that uh, we got baptized there. Um, and, and together we did it on that weekend and it was quite amazing it was quite uh the journey when i think about getting to that point even um was just was just amazing that's awesome that's awesome so from that point forward so you've been saved seven years yes i still consider myself a, a, a adolescent <laughs> I, I i hear you brother i'm i'm i don't even i don't even know if i'm adolescent I, I i think i'm still a baby in my in in my christian walk for sure but when when you talk about god what do you talk about uh i am still i mean in amazement that 
he took me who was i i say i got like the paul effect i may have not been murdering people and and everything but for who i was and where he has brought me to it is just amazing i i think of uh you know I, I at a time where i didn't care if i lived or died and all of a sudden here i am working at a church <laughs> it's 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 rather astounding to me but it allows you to know that anything is possible if you believe in the lord i mean but you have to believe have a wholehearted faith that you need to you know stay with it uh we well, as I said, working for the church, and then and that was another step. We got baptized there. I had a fine job that had, you know, a pension plan, union. I was great, good to go. Courtney and I, she's a teacher, so she has her state teachers. You know, there was just a plan. We were going to sit there for 30 years, both get our pensions, you know, grow old, sit in the rocking chair. That was life. And um, I remember I was driving up and down the highway there in front of the church, going to uh, a place, a job and, and for my company and I, our pastor that weekend, he had said uh, that uh, there's this uh, right now media. It's kind of like a Netflix for Christian mm -hmm. videos. Um, he's like, go there because you belong to our church and you're a member here. You can get onto there and watch videos, check it out. You know, there's some great content that you might enjoy. I remember I was, I was, like I said, I was working. I was like, well, let's see about this. And um, I, I'm, I'm on the church's website. I was like, where did he say it was? And I saw employment and curiosity killed the cat. I just went, oh, is there, is there another pastor? What's going on? What, I mean, let's, let's see what's the cat. And they had uh, a couple different, uh, they had, you know, this opening, that opening, and they had facilities maintenance. Uh, from my years past working at a different location, it's like I texted Courtney a snapshot of it. I said, I can do this. I said, this before. I was like, ah, that'd be great if I retire, I get a job like this or something like that. And I said, that'd be fantastic. And she replied with, apply and i said honey i said we were off my insurance the money i make you know the pension you know that would be nice but no she goes apply and i, I fought her tooth and nail i was like no she's like, apply so she goes what's going to do? talk to him talk to him i said fine fine but no you know we use my insurance it's, it's perfect it's the best you can get Good pay, good got pension. I'll talk to him. Talk to him. It was fantastic. I enjoyed it so much. Uh, the my boss, great guy, huge. I mean, it was fantastic. Even me, him, coworkers. I was like, that would be great. I said, they're they're fantastic people. I mean, what else can I say? She goes, well, you take it. And I said, Courtney, we cannot. I mean, I was, I had my nails in. I was like, we are not doing this. Uh, we're set up. We're good. And she goes, we'll figure it out. You know, it'll work. What is trust? We'll trust. I was like, I, I know we got to trust, but it's tough. It, she kept on and on and pushing. So I did it. And we took the step. It, luckily, she has a lot more faith than I do. Because I would tell you, I was, I was scared at first. I was like, how are we going to do this? Because what some of you may not know when you go to work for a church, whatever, uh, you think you are going to make, I mean, you just don't make that much and it's fine. And, and, but it worked out. We, uh, are doing just fine. Actually even better. I would say, um, we find out what you really need and what you really don't in your life. And so you make it work. Um, but then 
going to work for the church, which uh, I was nervous about to say the least because I knew my background. Uh, my coworkers seemed like they're just all fantastic people, all from the from the weekend team, from the kids team. Uh, it's like I said, it's the largest church, so we have several different teams, and so um, the communication team. They're all great people, and I was like, oh, "What am I doing in here?" I was like, oh. "So, just just being involved in that in that setting has even propelled me." So every morning, I make sure I, I listen to a portion of the Bible. I do a Bible study on that. I mean, it's just it's snowballed into effect for me that I want to uh, do things even better and and try to even learn more. I'm reading every piece of everything I can. I just uh, like I said, I still can't believe uh, that, and I am where I am. And I even I sent you uh, my LinkedIn and, and uh, a friend of mine from high school some time ago uh, emailed or you know, messaged me on LinkedIn, and and to kind of say and, and it's it's not nice, but he goes and I I knew him from school, and he and he was he was a nice guy. He goes, you have, and in the message, he goes, you have to tell me, give me a call sometime. I need to know. I knew he was, grew up in the Christian faith and he was church, but he goes, I need to know your story. And he goes, because my final memory of you in high school was of you punching me. And so, oh. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, here it goes. I was like, this is, this is, uh, where it all comes crumbling down. Uh, and so, uh, I called him. We had a fantastic half hour, 45 minute talk, uh, kind of going back over things and new things. How you been? What's going on? Told him effectively the story that I'm telling you, give or take. And he was very supportive. It was, it was a very nice conversation. Yeah. So it was, it was, it has been amazing. I was, I was fantastic. I was able to reconnect with him. Um, even kind of make amends and, and apologize, but he was all about it. He was fantastic. It was, it was nice to talk with him. Um, even so much as, you know, uh, as I said in my past and, and it, it keeps even extending. I did. It just is, it's exponential. Everything I keep putting into this, uh, with the support of my wife and everything, uh, with church, I've got some amazing friends, amazing, amazing friends. Uh, and in the church uh, has asked me to uh, go into a succession plan with my boss to become the facility manager of the whole property. That's awesome. Yes. And that's, that's what led to, be, to me going back to church or to school, which I did not think I even had the capability of. I, I did a little bit of college when I first got out. Like I said, yeah. I was acting up. I was enjoying uh, the extracurriculars of college way more than going to any class. So I was like, I, how am I going to, you know, 38 years old, go back to school and finish my degree, you know, and a four to six year old, how's that going to work? And with, with the encouragement I was getting at work through my boss, uh, of course at home, Courtney was stepping up and doing so much extra helping out, you know, where I usually help on the chores. She was going above and beyond, got through it. And that's why I said at my 40, I'm like, all right, I've given a, a new chance on life, so I'm going to take and uh, make the second half better than the first. Love that motto. Love that motto. And as you're as you're walking through all of that, Doug, and I I have literal goosebumps 
in just being able to observe through your story how much you're loved. It's, how much uh, you're loved not 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 only by not only by God. You are, you you know that, but it, the, the the family that's around you, your church family, your I mean it, it's it, it's awesome to learn. Um, and I do in one other comment before the next question, and it's that I know I, I know I can relate to those moments where you're you're being brought into an environment where people might be more mature or have more expertise on a particular topic, and it it's really easy to feel like a fraud. You know, imposter syndrome's a thing. And one thing that has allowed me to reconcile those moments is like, well, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't ready enough. I'm not ready because I haven't done it yet, but maybe, maybe I can talk myself into being ready enough. And so along those lines, if you were a mentor to the teenage version of yourself, what would you say to him? Uh, yeah, the, the kid that hit 16 and, and, and really took a turn. Um, it, you know, I, I think about past changes. So uh, I was, I was like I said, I was out of control. And I, I uh, a lot of my friends went to the uh, military. And I was actually very, I was so involved in partying, to be honest with you. Um, I thought. I, this is terrible to say out loud that it, it was a, it's literally felt when a lot of my friends went to the Air National Guard and, and the weekend uh, things. And, and I said, you know what, what if I miss out on this party? I, there's no way I, that was my advice. That was to myself. And, and, and I think of me in my early twenties and I, I did a lot of different jobs cause I was just trying to make it to the weekend to have fun. And I've been so aggravated at myself for a very long time over certain things. But as to give advice, you know, I, the, the terrible things I did to people, due to cars, the machinery, I, I honestly think I don't know if I have the right to give myself advice or change anything because now I have a different set of views, uh, but I have experiences that many people maybe don't have. And maybe that's what God needed me to have at this time, at this place working where I'm working, involved with the people there. I think this, that uh, everything I want to change, I don't know if I could. I, I think it may have been what he wanted me to have, just to go through to have this different view of things and this experience. Because there are certain people uh, that I can talk to that others can't because I've been through that or uh, done that, and they can't because they don't have those experiences. So maybe this is who he needs to be sitting right here and not change it for him. Yeah. And, and now you're a dad and (laughs) you get to help, you get to help steward the lives of, of your kids in a, a time in our culture that is more and more anti God, quite confusing for young people. Have you given have you given thought to what that looks like in 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 terms of how you're going to help them navigate, you know, some of the potential pitfalls that ex- every, exist in society? Every day, every day, uh, I I think about it because 
we have two awesome kids. They are just awesome. We are blessed. They are, they listen well. They are, they're right here with us. Um, you know, they, so we talk about all the time, you know, we, we make sure we sit down at this table. I'm sitting there right now, most nights of the week. I'm not going to tell you we're good at every night, but most nights, four out of five, we're sitting at this table and we pray before food and we have dinner and we talk. And last night we sat right here and talked and, and played games while we were sitting at this table. And I think about the chances I was given um, and then having this, this nucleus family. So anything I can do, I'll keep it. And, and how I can raise my child to, to, to see things through a Christian lens, but to have grace for people that are in where I was at 16, because me now and me at 16 were two different people. And I didn't know what works were happening inside of me. Um, luckily they were being done. So, um, my first job, I think as a Christian, the, God has given me is these children, you know, to, to keep a uh, house here with their mother and have a good Christian relationship with them. Um, also the two of them to show them what, you know, a Christian father should be. Give my daughter an example, how a man should be with their mother and treat her. And my son, uh, you know, a good example on how he treats his future wife that, uh, I think that's my number one. I, I may work for a church, I go to church, I serve at our church. I'm there six days a week, most weeks, uh, and, and it's everything, and, and I would give up all my time for it. But my number one job, I think, um, that I feel that has been spoken to me more than enough is to, you know, become the buffer between a generation of my family that was a little bit rougher, and I think it could have continued on. Uh, that cycle of of being a, a, the non-Christian, uh, church-going, uh, a little bit rougher family, and then leading into uh, this now where we have a, a great nucleus. Our family is, is pretty gelled up. And, and so I want to keep that together to hopefully spring forward a new generation, even past my son, that keeps that that going. So I, I think that's my first goal, no matter what uh, is going on in our church and, and, and what needs to happen there. If I can't be here for them doing this, then that's number one to me. Yeah. If I can offer you some words of encouragement before, before we wrap, the first is it's really easy for any of us to look back on our past and experience guilt, shame, or embarrassment. Because it, you know, certain wrongs we committed are, fall into one of those buckets. And here's so first first word of encouragement is that it was the broken version of us that made the decision to turn to God. It wasn't the version of us now that is faithful. It was the broken version of us that did that. So we should be willing to extend the grace to extend grace to ourselves the way we extend grace to others. The second is Doug, it only takes one person in one family to shift the trajectory generationally of that family. 
And from we we this is the first time we've met, but I, I've heard a lot about you too. And you, you're the, you're the one that has shifted the the trajectory of your family, and it's something you should absolutely um, be proud of, and you should hold your head high. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, it's it's been a, quite a ride, and I just don't know where it's going to end up. I, but uh, I keep saying, you know, I'm not going to do anything, apply anything, unless I feel like the ghost is speaking to me um, to do uh, a new role, go to a new place. Um, I'm I'm going to sit back and listen because I I have a feeling that uh, as long as I'm patient. And try to listen. Uh, the doors that God wants me to go through, I'll be patient and wait for them. They'll open, and no I'll doubt. go that way because this has um, been so much more rewarding than the first, we'll say, thirty-three years of my life, give or take. Um, these last seven have been just so rewarding. So uh, it's it's a no-brainer for me. I mean, I'm I'm just excited to see where this goes. It's going to be great. I love your motto. Let's make the second half of life better than the first. So thank you for taking the time to have this conversation. Would you mind praying us out? Yeah, sure. Father God, thank us. Thank you for this day. Thank you for bringing Ed and I together. It has been wonderful that you've put us in line with each other. Let us come here and talk and, and get to know and hopefully just spread your message throughout this world. Lord, this is a time when it is needed. And I just hope that one word of anything I've said can go out and just meet somebody at their, their need and we can just help them grow within their faith, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Doug, that was awesome. Thank you again for your time and sharing your story and testimony. Very much appreciated. Thank you. God bless. Yeah. You can contact the show at it's not my credit to take.com. We'd love to hear from you. God bless.